Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osborne, a biblical church centered on Christ. Here in big church, I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11, verse 5 through 13, Luke 11, 5 through 13. We are beginning a new sermon series today on prayer. It's going to go for the rest of this month. And today we're going to be looking at, if you have your bulletin, you can also follow along with your um, sermon notes there inside your, uh, your bulletin. We're going to be looking at what we would call shameless boldness. Do you know of someone or something to pray for? I mean, think about all the things we could be praying for. You could be praying for our college ministry. You'd be praying for BCM, all the students going back to school. The, Lexington is a young city, and a lot of folks come here, and they need to meet the Lord, and they need to encounter Jesus Christ and see Him as their Lord and Savior. That's something right there to pray for. What about, what about the genocide that occurs every day in America, what we call abortion? Do you, are you praying for that to end? Every day we have 2,700 abortions in America, every single day, including today. Abortion clinics are open on Sunday. That is the, the most hidden genocide in, a, in world history is going on. And we as Christians will be held accountable if we aren't proactive in doing something to end it, praying to end it, taking steps to end it. That's something to pray about. Do you pray for your church? Do you pray for our church to experience great revival? and to see folks saved, and young adults coming to know the Lord through our college ministry. You pray for your pastor, and the sermons, and the Bible teaching. You pray for our music ministry. David Dale had knee surgery this past Tuesday morning. You're praying for his recovery. You think about all the needs. A lot of times in our prayer life, what happens is we have, in many ways, very routine prayers. We're just praying for the same things, almost in habit, not even knowing what our words say. But we're going to see here in the Bible that God wants us to have a prayer life that's very specific, bold, and desperate for Him. It's not routine whatsoever. And Jesus is going to illustrate this with a parable, an unusual parable, a parable of the man who really was very shameless. Shameless means you don't worry about what other people think. You just... You, you, just are, you just are exposed. You, you, have, you are not concerned. You're about your image. Because you have a specific mission and purpose. And all you can focus on is what you're trying to accomplish. And that's the type of prayers that we need, prayer life, we need to have. Where it's a laser focus to the Lord. And we come to Him expecting God to answer. I'm afraid a lot of us have just, just given up. You've given up on our country. You've given up on Christianity in America. Just, you know, the revivals, those were, those were hundreds of years ago. That was back in the good old days. And it's just the attitude as well, you know, things have changed. Folks used to go to church. Folks used to get saved. Things used to be better back then. Listen, the Lord has not changed. Not at all. There's nothing has changed with the Lord. He is the same God 
back when he parted the Red Sea 4,000 years ago, back when Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, is today. Nothing has changed with the Lord. And we need to have that confidence in the Lord when we go to Him. We pray for healing. We need to expect it to happen. Why would you even pray if you don't even believe it happens? What's the purpose of that? If you're going to pray about something, believe it. Have an attitude as, I, I, God, I'm coming to you with this request because I know you can do it. I can't do it, but God, you are a great God. That's what we're going to see here. Open your Bible. Luke chapter 11, verse 5 through 13. He also said to them, this is a parable. Now, this is an unusual parable. As we go through it, I'm going to explain it, put it in the context of 2,000 years ago. Suppose one of you has a friend who goes to him at midnight. Now, midnight in Bible times was different from midnight today. Midnight today, especially for the folks Daniel ministers to, means, oh, in two hours we're about to go to bed. Midnight in Bible times means I've been asleep for five hours already because they did not have electricity. So when the sun set, you went to bed. I mean, it's 7.30, and you're, you know, it's 8 o'clock at night, especially in wintertime and night-night. So, I mean, you're getting a full 10, 11 hours of sleep. I mean, they, they were well-rested in Bible times. So, midnight means you are in REM. You're having sweet dreams. Middle of the night. So, someone comes to you at midnight, and he knocks on the door, and he says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Now, if I came to your house at midnight and knocked on your door, you would use your Second Amendment opportunity right there. You would think, what on earth is going on? Who is knocking on my door at midnight? What is occurring outside? And especially if... I'm there asking for three loaves of bread. I mean, he's specific. He knows exactly what he wants. Not one loaf of bread, not five loaves. I need three loaves of bread. Look at the specificity of that. Three loaves of bread, friend. Because this is why it's the middle of the night and a friend of mine on a journey has come and I don't have anything to offer him. Nowadays, I, don't, I think Walmart used to be open 24 hours. But I don't think it's opening 24 hours anymore uh, because of COVID. They uh, one time went to Kroger over here. It used to be open 24 hours. I found it now closes at midnight. But in the good old days, used to be able to go out at midnight to Walmart at the 24-hour Kroger and get some food. Well, nowadays, if somebody comes to you at midnight and you don't have any food, you can't do that anymore. So I guess you'd have to go knock on a door. So back in Bible times, certainly they did not have 24-hour grocery stores. So if you needed food, and it's the middle of the night. I guess they were really hungry. I guess you just went and knocked on folks' door in the middle of the night and got your bread. So this is an unusual context. This is how you got your food for your family. Verse 7. Then he will answer, this is us, answering from inside and say, Sir, don't bother me. The door is already locked. And my children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up to get you anything. Like, leave. Like, no. It's like you have the Ring doorbell app. And you didn't want to get out of bed, so it rings and you answer from your bed. 
on your phone to tell the person, go away. I'm not, not interested in talking right now. We're not getting any bread. Like the, everybody is, you know, we're asleep. The door's locked. It's dark. You know, are you going to starve to death? We can do, handle this in the morning. That was what he said. And he says, the children have already gone to bed. So explain, explain that. Bible times, you know, we all, everybody has three, four, five, six bedrooms, homes. Bible times, you had a one-bedroom home. You had a kitchen and like a little living room. Everyone slept in the same room. So if you're waking up one person in the room, the whole family, the dog, the cat, the cow, everybody gets up when you get up. The roots are crows and it's, it's time to get up. I mean, that's just what you do because we're all sleeping in the same room together. So that's why he said the children are already in bed. Sir, you are waking up our house. I mean, this is totally inconvenience is what we're saying. That's the key words. You need to go through this. You're inconveniencing the person who owns the home. And then look at what happens in verse 8. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Like, I'm not going to get up and give you some bread because you're my friend. Daniel's knocking on my door in the middle of the night. Yes, I support the BCM. Yes, we love you. Yes, we're going to be great supporters. But, buddy, it's the middle of the night and you want some bread? I'm not going to do it because I'm your friend. Yet, because of his friends, look at this, shameless boldness. Look at that word. Shameless boldness, Broadway Baptist. It wasn't the relationship. This guy was passionate about getting that bread. That was the most outrageous request in the most illogical manner possible you have woke up every possible person, everything in the house for some bread. Because you have done this stunt, I am going to give you some bread. I'm going to do it. Just because I can't believe I'm doing this. What, what an what a example for us. He will get up and give him as much as he needs. So you don't even get, Daniel, you don't even get three loaves of bread. I'm just going to say, here's the cover. Just help yourself. I mean, might, might as well do it. You've already woken everyone up. Where it's the middle of the night. Just help yourself to everything in the cupboard. Folks, this parable here isn't about you and I knocking on one another's door. It's a parable for you and I to have a shameless boldness when we come to God in prayer. Not a sense of reverence. A sense of, Lord, I don't have anywhere else to go. The stores aren't open 24 hours. I have a need in my life. I don't have any food. I don't have any bread. I can't make ends meet. Is there any way, God, here I come to you at midnight, Lord, can you meet my need? Can you help me? That is shameless, boldness, persistent, desperate prayer. Jesus is telling us, folks, this story is saying that's the model for our prayer life. We don't need to worry about what God's going to think of us. We're past that point. We approach the Lord with confidence because He is a good Father and we can bother Him in the middle of the night 
with an outrageous request. And he will open the cupboard and says, hey, you asked for three loaves, just get whatever you want. Help yourself. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet tonight. Get some more for your friends. I say to you, look at verse 9, look what Jesus says. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. And that door was open. That friend opened the door, not because he was his friend, but because he was bold. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. I tell you, maybe one of the reasons our prayers go unanswered and we don't see the Lord answering our prayers is because we give up too soon. It would have been so easy for us, if we were that man, to say, well, I, I guess you just might make an appearance. Our friends have come and they want some food. And we know our neighbor might have some food. So we go there and we, we do this little knock. Like this. I don't want to wake up. Just secretly hoping nobody comes to the door. This is one of these guys, when he came and knocked on the door, he's pounding on the door, screaming, beating, like, I need some bread. There was an anticipation with his knock. He didn't stop. He wanted to wake up the whole house. God is saying, come to the throne with that type of attitude in your prayer life. And I'm afraid some of us, we approach God in our prayer life just timid. We pray about something one time, we give it a one, two-sentence prayer, a few seconds to the Lord, and we wonder, we've already given up, and we wonder, God, why aren't you answering? Because Jesus says here, you keep seeking, you keep knocking, and the door, it won't get cracked, it will be open to you. God wants to answer our prayer. He wants us to come to Him with a shameless, boldness approach in an anticipation that He is a good Father. Look at this, verse 11. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, he will give him a snake instead of a fish? Let me put this. I mean, look, look at this. Could you imagine? We go home, Benjamin here on the front row, our son. Sherry's cooked some fish for Sunday afternoon. And we're about to have lunch. And Benjamin says, Dad, I'm hungry. I would like a piece of fish. I say, ha ha, let me show you. And I pull out a cobra and throw it on the plate. Go, here you go, son, look at this. No father would do that. Even a wicked father wouldn't do that. No normal human on earth would give their son, a child, a, a snake to bite them when they're wanting to eat a fish. A piece of food. Like, you, you see, this is even lost evil people know not to throw snakes on people. So why, or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, meaning people who are lost, lost people, those people Daniel talked about here, lots of lost people in our city, know how to give good gifts to your children. If you, even lost people can spoil their kids and their grandkids. How much more will the Heavenly Father, a good Father, God, our Father, who's not evil, who loves you, who sent His Son to die for you, who wants to see folks saved, how much more will He give the Holy Spirit who asks for them? I mean, even if a lousy Father can throw 
actually some food on the table for the kids. Surely, your heavenly Father is a good Father. He is a good Father. We'll give you the Holy Spirit. Notice He gives you the Holy Spirit. That's what we need. The Bible says about the Holy Spirit in John 16 to 13, when the Holy Spirit comes, He will guide you in all truth. Holy Spirit comes to us, and He guides us in our life. You need guidance? Does your family need guidance? Does our nation need guidance? Our nation needs the Holy Spirit. We need the leadership of the Holy Spirit to guide us daily in our life. To guide our conversations. Look up here on the board. This is in your bulletin. Your prayer life, this is what it should be displayed as. Your prayer life should be desperate. You should have a desperate prayer life. This man was pounding on that door in the middle of the night. That is not how most folks get bread. There's a desperation in your prayers. Number two, it should be bold, meaning you shouldn't hesitate to come to God. You want to approach Him boldly because you know God is a good God. He will answer your prayer. He will see to it that your needs are met. He doesn't give us a scorpion when we ask for an egg. He doesn't give us a snake when we want a piece of fish. God just does not do that. He is not up there with a switch waiting to discipline us. You are a saved, born-again child of the Lord. You are His. He owns you. The Bible says you are in His hand. Then you need to take that sonship, that daughtership of King Jesus and daily have a relationship with Him. Most important thing in your life is your time with God. That's boldness. You guard that. And number three, it's persistent. It's not a, a one-and-done prayer life. It's not a one request, oh, we didn't get an answer. The Lord wants us faithfully. That friend kept knocking. He was determined. I'm going to keep coming. So you want to walk away from here. From this passage, we need to be, our prayers need to be spontaneous. It was spontaneous. An unexpected guest came in the middle of the night. He was not expecting this person to come. There are needs that arise in yours and my life that require to us, that was not on the agenda, that we need to go to God and say, God, I, I didn't have this in my prayer journal. This wasn't on the list, but I've got this need here, and I need help for you to help it be met spontaneous prayers to the Lord. Not only that, they need to be specific prayers to the Lord. He came asking for not one loaf of bread, but three loaves of bread. He knew exactly how much bread was needed to feed these guests that came. A specific. Don't pray, God bless the little children in the world. What does that mean? Bless the little children in the world. You pray specifically, Lord, I pray these children right now in Children's Church with Miss Danielle Lamb that are learning God's Word and right below us here, Lord, I pray these children's hearts will be tender and they will be open to hearing and responding to you, Lord. That is a specific prayer. That's how you pray for the little children. That's how you pray for folks to get saved. You call them by name. You pray their hearts are open. You pray you remove any type of barriers and distractions that prevent people from coming to Jesus. 
That's what the devil does. He prevents people from hearing the word of God and responding. And not only that, we need to be spontaneous, our prayer life. We need to be specific. We see that example here, three loaves of bread. And we need to be steady. That man, he kept on knocking. It wasn't a brief, one-time-only prayer. When you tell someone you're going to pray for them, when you make up a commitment to pray for them, you keep on praying. Steady Eddie wins the race. You just keep on moving. In running, there's something called the danger of the chair. Do you know what the danger of the chair is? If you're exercising and you sit down in a chair, do you know what happens? You don't get up. One minute becomes five minutes. Then it becomes 20 minutes. Then you think, I've got some things I've got to do this afternoon. I need to get home. Then it's over. Steady prayer life. It's the faithfulness. You keep coming to the Lord. Spontaneous, specific, steady. You start practicing that in your prayer life, and you will see what happens right here. Okay, I want to show you an example of how it happens. Acts chapter 4. Flip over in your Bibles. This is what happens when God answers your prayer. When you become bold, when you spontaneously, specific, and steady. This is the early church. There's these two disciples named Peter and John. And they were preaching the gospel. They went and healed a lame man. And the religious leaders, the Sanhedrin, they were not happy with this. So they arrested, they healed someone, and then they go to jail. So they healed someone, and they're preaching Jesus, and they find themselves locked up. And this is what happens. So they're standing in front of this Jewish leadership. And this is an example of folks that are faithful to the Lord. Their message in Acts 4.12 says, There is salvation in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. And that name is the name of Jesus Jesus' is the only name. They made it very clear. You want to get saved, you, you call upon the name of Jesus. That is still true today. Going to the doctor, medicine, self-help, none of that. None of that saves you. Salvation is by Jesus Christ alone. Look at verse 13. Now look at this. These are folks who've prayed. When they, they are the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders... When they observe, look at this, the boldness of Peter and John and realize that they were uneducated and untrained men, meaning these folks did not have advanced degrees. They did not go to college. They did not have the credentials. They were looked upon and go, these are like regular folks. They're uneducated. They're untrained. They're not like us. But they're bold. They're passionate. They've got something that we don't have. The educated people, the religious pros, were missing. What were they missing? They were missing the boldness. That's what Peter and John had. They were bold and passionate about Jesus. And they were amazed. They were amazed at these folks. Where did they get this boldness at? And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. 
they thought, my goodness, these folks have been with Jesus, and they are bold about him. Verse 14, and since they saw the man who had been healed, now remember, he was lame. He used to, could not stand. He was, he was laying on the ground his whole life. Who had been healed, standing with them, they had nothing to say in opposition. You can't argue with an answered prayer. I bet that lame man who had been laying on a mat for many, many decades, all of a sudden Peter and John says, hey, I don't have any money to give you, but what I've got is the name of Jesus. You stand up and walk and take your mat. Let's go. And all of a sudden the man's legs are strengthened. He stands up. That man had been praying probably his whole life for a healing. I want to tell you, so somebody who's disabled, do you know what they're praying for? They're praying to walk. Somebody who, who is who's very sick, I can tell you their prayer life. They're praying for a healing. They're praying for God to touch them. And this man, all of a sudden, he received the touch of Jesus. The name of Jesus healed this lame man. And he's standing there in front of the Jewish leaders as an answer to prayer. And the Bible says they couldn't even say or do anything. Well, we're speechless. What do we do? I can't even... Because it's an answered prayer. Answered prayer, God gets all the glory. Peter and John passed on the credit. It wasn't Peter and John who healed that man. It was Jesus. We are just like Peter and John. Peter and John, in the name of Jesus, prayed and healed that man. They were just a channel to see God's power. Folks, that's us. God wants you and I to have the same boldness these two men in the book of Acts had. They believed that Jesus, who's a good father, who's the son of God, can heal this man. And he did. Folks, do you believe it? Do you pray like you actually believe God is going to answer the prayer? If your prayers this morning have become routine, average, just casual, just going through the motions, you will not see this happen. God is looking for us desperate, bold, persistent prayer. I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for God to completely change your individual prayer life. And not only that, the prayer life for our church. We want to be a church that is just like Peter and John, that actually believes in the power of Jesus. It was the name of Jesus that heals. That's why when you pray, you pray in Jesus' name. I want you to bow your heads. God, I pray this morning in a bold, desperate, confident way that we will change the way we approach You. Lord, this is not, this is not casual. This is serious. Lord, You give the Holy Spirit. You heal this man who could not walk. He was standing up, holding his mat as an answer to prayer. Lord, it's by your name.
Lord, I pray for the folks here that we learn the power of just shamelessly, with boldness, approaching you. Not worrying about anything else. God expecting an answer and looking forward to you receiving all the credit and glory for answered prayer. Lord, when you answer a prayer, we just pass it on to you. It's all you. It's nothing of us. We are just a channel for your power and your spirit. Lord, I pray our church is that way. I pray that we are a praying church. When someone requests prayer, we actually pray for it. Not one time, but many times. And we follow up wanting to know what's going to happen. Lord, I pray Broadway Baptist Church is praying for our college ministry, our BCM, for Daniel Johnson, for his family, for the many lost college students to get saved. I pray our church and many churches here in our city can experience revival. Lord, I pray that you will shape us with these words. Lord, your words are in red. They are alive. Seal these words in our heart. Help us realize the desperation and the boldness, the shameless boldness we need as we come to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We always pray in Jesus' name. We close every single worship service here at Broadway Baptist Church with an opportunity for you to respond to Jesus. Just like Peter and John, they were bold. Christ calls us to that same type of boldness. And one of our first steps in being bold is publicly responding to the gospel. The way we do this is we have an invitation here. I stand down front with Brother Hurd and you walk forward. You can come forward and join our church.